Hello, and welcome to episode 39. I'm your host, Sarah Chappay. And I'm your other host, Jake Cooley. The Relatively Relatable Podcast is a weekly podcast about life, trends, and advice from two people who have no business giving it. Relatively Relatable is brought to you by Blank Slate Link, and to find out more, you can head to our Instagram page at Relatively Relatable Pod. Okay, Jake. Uh, Not there. I don't like it Not as much. One. Yeah. Uh, we should probably just jump right in because yeah. we got a lot to cover on our Diets Ugh. Part 2 episode. D- Diets Part 2. We had yeah. people say they wanted a little bit more in-depth and what the people want, the people get. Yep. So, shall we? I guess. Do you want to break the ice a little bit? Chip <laughs> the ice a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a really long episode, so what's a little bit more? Yeah. I, I have a funny story. Please tell, tell us. Um... It's not that funny, but great. So yesterday, I I'm not super great of like when I'm walking around places of like keeping track of my surroundings. Okay. Especially if like I have my phone with me, mm-hmm. which is always because mm-hmm. I you know I usually walk from point A to B, point B on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um. So yesterday I had to run out to my car and grab something, and I was you know. This is just a run-of-the-mill little task. Run out to the garage, open the car, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I do this a million times a day. Well, not really, but I do this a lot in my life. So I w- left my apartment, opened my garage door, and I was, you know, looking at my phone. And I had overestimated the speed at which the garage door was opening. Oh, no. And... um ran right into the garage door like (laughs) head first like the bottom of the garage was like perfect height to my head and like if I hadn't have been on my phone I probably would have smacked like right across the bridge of my nose but since I was looking down at my phone I hit somehow like ran the very top of my head into the garage door don't you think though if you were on your phone you would have seen the garage door well yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but like i couldn't tell if it hurt more than it scared me you know because it was like (laughs) it was a super lot like i was booking apparently because it was super loud um i'm really thankful that none of my neighbors were around to see it because (laughs) i i don't know i i walked right back to behind my car and just like had to collect myself for a minute (laughs) i was like kind of felt like i was gonna fall over and so and i've been like uh kind of just out of it all day today so i'm not like totally sure i didn't concuss myself on the garage door so if i uh start to kind of ramble and seems like i'm losing my train of thought you should let me know pull you back in Maybe I'll go to the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Jake, your concussion is showing. Anyway, so that was the thing I did this week. Um, I've got a big old knot on the top of my head now. Oh, so you must have hit it pretty hard. Every time I scratch my head, it hurts. Yeah. I was like surprised that I wasn't bleeding. I expected to like run my hand through my hair and like get a a bunch of blood and like have to go to the emergency room. But yeah. That's a good 
bonk. It was a it was a good bonk. I haven't had a bonk like that in a while. So like, I was kind of you know it was nice to know I can still take take one take and a bonk. not cry. But <laughs> I cry. It definitely sucked a lot. So. Every time I get hit in the nose, still I cry. Well, that's like a natural response. It's like hard not to just start sobbing. Also, like that sounds you make that sound like you get hit in the nose a lot. Uh, you said every time I get hit in the <laughs> nose. <laughs> I mean, like when was when was the last time that happened? Um, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Me either. But if I get a bonk like that, I would cry. Yeah. I I may have, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Everything after that is a blur. Security footage of the. Oh, they don't. Oh, they don't. No. You asked already. No, I just know they don't. Oh. There's no cameras anywhere around here. Oh. Also, thanks for um, not commenting on my mustache. You're welcome. <laughs> it's like I I had one of those. Oh, instances. you shaved. Well, everything but my mustache, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I had one of those instances where I went to trim up my beard and it died. My trimmer <laughs> died before I could get to the stash. And I was like, it doesn't look that bad this time. So I, I left it. literally didn't I, notice. I've just been leaning into it and keeping the keeping the stash, but Thanks everything else trimmed down. Thanks for not commenting on mine. You're welcome. I, I figured that was uh, a, a no-fly zone. <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, I figured uh, since last time we did, like, a prime the pump. Mm-hmm. I don't like that phrase, but we primed the pump. With wet some, the whistle. We wet our whistles with some diet fundamentals. Uh, I figured we could go a little bit deeper this time and then maybe do another one after this about some specific diet-related goals. Sounds good to me. Um I think my girlfriend is burning something. <laughs> or maybe I'm having a stroke. Oh, no. <laughs> Live on One air. of the two. Okay, uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be rough. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, goals. So, I figured uh, the, the best way to start this would be the one that most people are uh, concerned with, most people can relate to. Um, we are still in the middle of swimsuit season, so mm-hmm. um, fat loss is on a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to um, lean up is a common f- common term for f- losing fat. Um, a lot of women say, I want to tone up. Mm-hmm. Um, if these are words that resonate with you, hopefully this little uh, guide will help you um, get started. I don't think this is an, is an exhaustive, um, I don't know, tutorial, I guess, or (laughs) whatever. Um, And I also wanted to preface that this is from the perspective of of like the common person who wants to lose some weight, not like getting cut up for a bodybuilding competition, like super shredded. That's not what I'm talking about. This is just general. Uh, You got a few pounds to lose or you've got a lot of pounds to lose. Um, This this should help you get started. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, what, do you have any opening thoughts or should we just dive into it? Just dive in. I got my notepad, taking notes. I'm ready okay. to learn. <laughs> All right. So first, I wanted to recap some of the things that we talked about last time that will apply to this. 
Um, the first key concept is the idea of TDEE, which is total daily energy expenditure. Mm-hmm. Um, this basically just means it, it's kind of built into the to the the word or the phrase, but the amount of energy that you use up just in a day. Um, this encompasses um, your just existing the calories you burn just existing, like if you were in a coma. Um, this also encompasses um, non-exercise related activity, and this also includes activity, so mm-hmm. um, or exercise related activity. And then the next most important concept is the idea of a caloric deficit. So last time we talked about the energy balance principles of you know if you if you consume more calories than you burn, um, you're in a positive energy balance, so you'll gain weight. Um, in this case, we want to be in a negative energy balance, which is a caloric deficit, meaning we have, um, we're burning more calories through, you know, our total daily energy expenditure than we're taking in through food. Cool? Yes. And if you have more questions, listen to our first episode because we dive into yeah. that. We did get big into the math on that one. Yeah. So this one, this episode will be a lot less math. That's right up my alley. But, you know, you need to do you need to be able to do the math to set up your uh, your calories and everything and, and appreciate how it all works. But um, not so much math in this one. Um, so the next fundamental principle I want to talk about really quickly is the difference between weight loss and fat mm-hmm. loss. Um, this is really kind of nitpicky. However, I think it is important to understand the difference. Um, so when people say I want to lose a lot of or I, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds. Really what they mean is they want to lose 20 pounds of fat, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, you know, I always come back at this with like, well, the quickest way to lose weight is to cut off your legs. Yeah, you always because, say that like, to me. <laughs> because that is, you know, technically the most correct thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, it's the most correct thing. <laughs> well, okay, so... This is this is what I say to get people to understand that the math and science actually is important, yeah. right? Because to do to lose weight effectively um, in a way that doesn't involve amputation, <laughs> you have to understand the science to get your body to start burning up fat stores versus just like losing weight. Because um, if you don't set things up properly, you can be in a, ca- a caloric deficit and you can still be losing weight but you could also be losing weight that's not fat, mm-hmm. right? So um, tracking the weight and weight loss is the main kind of marker for fat loss, but that also assumes that everything else is kind of um, lining up properly so that you're not burning up all your muscle, you're not you know, um, super dehydrated, and your body has enough water in it and things like mm-hmm. this. So. Um, it's, it's stupid and it's quirky. Um, but I, I did want to touch on that just briefly, just to kind of get us in the right mindset of like, we are specifically targeting fat here. And I think everyone is on the same page, but I wanted to be really explicit about (laughs) that. Um, and then the next fundamental thing that is super important when dealing with fat loss is the idea of muscle preservation or even muscle gain. Um, and the reason that this is important to keep in mind is because muscle mass is inherently more calorically demanding to maintain. Um, so what I mean by this is it takes your body more energy, um, to exist with 
what we would call excess muscle mass versus excess fat. So like really from a survival standpoint, the amount of muscle that you need to exist, meaning not, I'm not, I'm not talking about survival, like out in the woods, right. <laughs> talking about like you're in a coma and your body's trying to just survive. survive. Right. You don't need any muscle for mm-hmm. that, but you do need fat for that for, for different reasons. Um, so your body will preferentially burn up a bunch of muscle mass before it will burn up fat mass. Um, but if you can maintain your muscle mass or even put on or, uh, build some muscle, um, then when your body starts to preferentially burn up fat, it will actually be easier, um, for you to lose, burn up that fat because you have this higher caloric demand of your, of your body uh, versus if you didn't have a bunch of muscle yeah. mass. Um, so that's why like, you know, obviously no one wants to burn up their muscle for like strength and aesthetic reasons, but also, um, if you really want to, uh, burn off that fat, you need to structure your diet and you need to probably structure your training, which we'll get to both of those more in depth here in a minute, but structure those things in a way, um, that will convince your body to prefer to maintain muscle, um, and there are ways you can do that with your diet. So I want to talk about that. Um, and then just from an aesthetic point of view, obviously um, muscle is is preferable um, to whatever degree is kind of debatable. It depends on what you want. But um, kind of objectively, there is always the, the skinny fat look. And I know like how counterintuitive that sounds and also how like offensive both of those words can be (laughs) for some people. But, um, what I mean by this is someone who has a pretty light, like they're, they don't weigh a whole lot. Um, they have a pretty, um, slender frame, but for some reason they still look soft, Mm -hmm. even though they don't like have a bunch of, you know, like a lot of fat. Um, this is just because they don't have a whole lot of muscle. So if you really want um, that really nice toned look, like just losing weight and even just losing fat um, isn't enough. You really do need to have some level of uh, muscle mass underneath um, to get that good like physique that most people are after. Make sense? Sure does. All right. So those are the fundamentals. Um, Obviously... I can sit and tell you those things all day, but it doesn't really matter if we don't talk about how to actually set some things up. And I think this is where people really get kind of frustrated is like everywhere on the internet, you can find people just preaching, yeah, calorie deficit. Yeah, maintain your muscle. Yeah, do these like high level things. But um, the like where to start Mm -hmm. and like what to do Mm -hmm. is really what most people want. And And I think um, people get really overwhelmed with it too. Right. Yeah, so I've kind of laid this out. Um, so hopefully, like I said, this this is probably mostly just a starting point, um, but these are all the fundamentals, and hopefully we can answer some questions through this, and then if there are more questions that come up, we can go deeper as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I get it, but what do I actually do? Number one, obviously, is diet. This is really the most important thing. This is why it's in the diets episodes. <laughs> um, it's really amazing, like how many people think that they can achieve either, you know, either gaining weight and gaining muscle or losing uh, fat without really considering their diet. Um, And that's why I preach so much about like the science and the math behind it, because you need to understand that like 
diet is a means to obtaining a goal, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. And also, you know, you're fueling your body with the food that you take in. Um, and the different foods that you take in can affect the way that your body ends up looking, obviously. Um, so number one, like we want to be in a calorie deficit to lose fat. We've talked about this before. Um, but you might ask, how do I know how many calories I need to be in a deficit? Because last time we said it changes for everyone, mm-hmm. which is true. Um, so the first thing that everyone needs to do if they are focusing on losing fat is to calculate um, your total daily energy expenditure. Like I said, the amount of calories that you burn up in a day through all these different means of um, expenditure. So you might ask naturally again, well, Jake, <laughs> how do I do that? I'm not a scientist. I'm not a mathematician. Um, there's a lot of like, f- there's free calculators online that are, they work on a formula based on um, your height, weight, age, gender, um, and body composition. The formula doesn't matter um, effectively because you just type in these informations, <laughs> these uh, numbers into a calculator and it spits out yeah. what you need. So um, we can link this in the show notes, but I always use the TDEE calculator.net. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are sketched out by non.com websites, <laughs> but I trust, I promise you it's okay. Um, I use this all the time and I've actually, um, I've had my body composition measured in the bod pod, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, it's this chamber that they fill up with air and they can calculate your body composition based on respiration and air displacement. But that's crazy. all that to say the amount of calories that that machine spit out was almost exactly the same as what this website spits out to me. Oh. So it is pretty, pretty accurate. Um, and it's pretty crazy and when you use it. Like I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I live a sedentary lifestyle. I don't work out a lot or, you know, mm-hmm. I work out three times a week. I should eat 1200 calories. And you're like, you do it and you're like, Oh, I am way under eating or I'm way over eating. Right. It's right. pretty crazy when you see like actually what, uh, yeah. you should be eating. Yeah. And a lot of people will, um, like be shocked by how malnourished they mm-hmm. <laughs> like actually are. Um, but yeah, like the body fat percentage one, this is, that's an optional field, but I would try to estimate it as well as you possibly can. If you don't have means of like getting it measured, mm-hmm. um, in some way, the, the easiest way to have it measured is with those calipers, mm-hmm. but Um, It's almost better just to visually estimate it than to use those because if you have, everyone stores body fat in different ways. So like if you have one area that stores a lot more body fat than another area, your results could be skewed by quite a bit with the caliper test. So um, I would just Google body fat percentage examples and it pulls up like this chart of, um, you know, milestone body fat percentages and like typically what that looks like on someone. Um, and you can kind of, I don't know, estimate based on that. Right. I've done that in the past before and it's it's worked out fine. Mm-hmm. So um, there is a little bit of trial and error here, which we'll get to. But I think for the most part, this will be a really good place to start. Um, Probably even just so, because most people don't know. So it's just right, like a good exactly. thing to just like have a good idea of what yep. you're burning and what you need. Yep. Um, so yeah, this, uh, this calculator, you can put in like your activity level. Um, I would just, you know, 
I would just be really honest about what you put in here. So like if you work out six to seven days a week and it has these descriptions on there, then you can put heavy exercise. But if you don't know for sure, just put sedentary and then you can, it'll, it'll spit out everything. At yeah. The end. So it'll actually tell you what you need for like on weeks that you work out a lot or not. So, um, just keep that in mind, but it'll spit out your maintenance calories, which means the amount of calories you need to eat based on your activity level, um, to not gain or lose any weight. So then based on that, I would calculate a 300 to 500 calorie deficit. Um, and if you don't want to pull out your calculator, it's probably on that website also. Yeah. <laughs> and the, web, the website does also spit out um, different macronutrient intakes as well based on those calories. So yeah, like, it's pretty... you really can replace everything that I'm going I'm to talk about in the next 15 minutes <laughs> just by like looking at that yeah. um, cal- calculator. But um, so you might ask, why does this, where does this number of 300 to 500 calories um, deficit come in? Um, this is basically targeting a 1% body weight loss per week. So to put that in perspective, when I was cutting in February, I weighed 200 pounds. So I was targeting losing two pounds per week because um, that's what 1% of 200 is. Mm, yes, um, the math checks So out. really, really what this equates to is the amount of calories that uh, equate to one pound of fat and then it's scaled up from there. <clears throat> you don't really need to know that, but <laughs> if you're wondering why, that's what it is. Um, so you might be asking then, why only 1%? Like I'm trying to get rid of all this junk in my trunk. <laughs> I want to lean up as fast as possible. Yep. You know, Instagram promised me I could lose 30 pounds in eight weeks. Sometimes Let's less. Do that. Let's do four weeks. Yeah, sometimes four weeks. Well, the problem with that is two things. One, if you try to lose weight too quickly, like we talked about a little bit before, uh, you stand a really high risk of losing all your muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to shock your system and your body is going to be like, I'm dying. And so it's going to, like we said, it's going to burn up all the excess that it doesn't need to survive, which is muscle. Um, and your base, if you're cut, if you have too steep of a calorie deficit, you're not going to have enough protein in your system to maintain muscle as well. Um, so then you might say, okay, well, maybe 1% is too fast. Should I go slower than that? What if I want to do this over the course of three years? Well, if you go too slow, um, you really risk having a laxed mindset about it. Yeah. Um, if you know your time scale is infinity, there's a lot less pressure to like make things happen. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of just a mental thing. There are some like more physiological and scientific reasons not to go too slow, but I've found that this is more important than all of those. So you want to be in the middle of like optimizing it for your body and also optimizing it for um, your mental space. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so the next thing about the diet, uh, we covered, you know, how many calories you need. Um, if you're frustrated that I didn't just spit out a number of calories <laughs> that you should eat, it's because it is different per person depending on how much you, uh, you know, exercise, depending on how much you weigh, what your body composition is. So I'm sorry, I can't give you that information, but just use the calculator. It is really good. The calculator literally takes less than a minute to fill out and it gives you yeah. pretty much every possible scenario that you would want. It gives you like, if you want to gain weight, if you want to lose weight, if you want low carb, if you want high carb, 
mm-hmm. and all of that. And it's like, you really don't have any excuse to be like, well, I don't know what it should be. Cause it like right. gives it all to you. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the next diet point is about the macronutrients. So that calculator will tell you, like we just said, depending on if you want high carb or low carb or cutting, gaining, whatever, it'll basically tell you what your macros should be. Um, this is where I kind of um, deviate from what that calculator recommends just based on some other research that I've done. So I'm going to give um, my starting points for this. However, if you do want to just like start with what the calculator spits out, that's probably a good spot to start too. Yeah. But, um, this is what I've found to work well for me and what a lot of people have been doing as well um, for years. So um, I just wanted to recap. So protein is four calories per gram. Carbs are four calories per gram. And then fat is the kicker at nine calories Mm -hmm. per gram. So that's why um, a lot of traditional dieting approaches recommend like a low fat um, structure just because fats can get away from you really quickly. Yeah, that Um, peanut butter. This is why... Yeah, this is why I tell people to be really careful with peanut butter, be really careful with like olive oil on your salads and stuff, guacamole, you know, avocados like we bickered about a little (laughs) bit at the end of last episode. This is why, because um, those things, though, they are like, quote unquote, healthy. Um, If you're looking to keep your calories at under a certain point, um, you need to really keep track of your fats because it it adds up twice as fast as anything else um so as far as just general ballpark goals for these um protein i usually try to stay um between 0.8 and 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight as a minimum um and this is this tends to be a sliding scale based on your body composition so if you are really overweight um say your your body fat percentage is like over 30 percent like super overweight and I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean i'm just trying to say like give some visual context to this um you can probably stand to be at the lower end of that just because um your body has a lot of excess energy to burn up anyway mm-hmm. um the leaner you get typically the more you want to increase your protein just to give yourself some insurance against uh catabolizing your your muscle so catabolizing uh yeah sorry Ca- Catabolism is um, basically just when your body eats up muscle instead of... Oh, my gosh. Does your brain hurt having all these words in there? (laughs) That's not why my brain hurts. (laughs) So let me get this straight. If you have a higher body fat percentage, you can Mm -hmm. stand to eat a little less protein? Uh, Yeah, higher body fat percentage, meaning like you weigh 400 pounds and you're not one of the world's strongest men. Oh, like I was super, thinking like I could stand to eat a little less protein. No, oh. sorry. Okay. I know that's what you're hoping for, but <laughs> I don't think that's true. Okay. Um, so yeah, the protein got that covered. Um, it's super important. We'll talk about it a little bit more later. You guys know that I just hammer away on people for not eating enough protein. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why you just like, it's it's just so important <laughs> for maintaining your muscle. Um, it's also important because protein actually requires more calories to digest as well. So um, 
I think like on the grand scale, the difference is marginal, but you are actually like burning up a, a few more calories that j- eating more protein than yeah. just like carbs or fat. Um, so as far as fat goes, I generally aim for 25 to 30% of your total calories from good quality of fats. So the way that you can calculate this, um, you take your total calories you need for the day and then you take 25 or 30% of it. Um, that'll give you the number of calories that you can take from fats. And then you divide that by nine. That'll give you the total grams because we talked about fats are nine calories per gram. Oh my gosh, that's um, a lot of math. You said there wasn't going to be math in this one. The easy way, <laughs> I'm not done. Okay. The easy way to do this is if you're using MyFitnessPal, uh, when you go in to set up your calorie goals, you can also set up macro goals. Um, and those have little nice little slider wheels mm-hmm. that you can just set to like 25%, mm-hmm. 40%, whatever. So uh, just do that. But if you are not using the app... You know, you can use math like no thanks nerds like me. <laughs> um, and then after these, so you, you set your protein as a minimum, set your fat as a maximum, um, and then you fill in the rest of your calories with carbs. Um, this is usually the fun stuff for people anyway. People like bread and, mm. and you know, mm. cereal and mm. whatever. Mm. Um, Speaking my language. Theoretically, you can kind of... Um, switch between higher and lower fat days as long as your calories are under the total calories allotted for the day. Um, but, you know, for me personally, I try to lean towards a higher carb allotment and eat lower fat just because I find that that fuels my workouts a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I work out in the afternoons and I'm working out fairly intensely, um, especially right now. I, I kicked up my intensity quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I just find that I, I operate better and I recover better from workouts with more carbs yeah. um, than I do with fats. So you can play around with that. Um, that is where you kind of get to do, have the flexibility of deciding what you prefer, mm-hmm. um, the kinds of foods that you like to eat, things that are going to keep you on track longer um, and just the way that you feel. Um, but generally, I say 25 to 30% of your total calories from fat and then fill in the rest with carbs. Could you bounce back and forth like one day you have a high fat day and one day it's like not? Yeah, you could. Just as long as your protein is set and your calories are set? Yeah, yeah. I mean, effectively for most people, like the general fat loss case, um, the total calories in is really what matters. Mm -hmm. And then second to that is the protein intake. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like you said, if, if you've, you know, you're going to have a high fat day <clears throat> for whatever reason. Um, just eat less carbs, vice versa. Yeah. I just bought a whole block of brie. So I'm ready to lean into some high fat days. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then the next thing um, is alcohol. So we've talked about this in the last episode as well, but that it's good um, for gen- you. <laughs> generally, <laughs> when you're uh, when people are just setting out on trying to lose a significant amount of weight, um, even like a, just a few pounds, you know, I really think that the best way to do this is to just keep alcohol consumption to a minimum. Yeah, I think this is one of those things that a lot of people for whatever reason, um, but for me, it's for social reasons, um, partake in, in excess. And I'm kind of just one of the biggest key takeaways from all of this is just like cutting away anything in excess. So you don't want excess calories. Um, This uh, 
plays into that because there's a ton of calories in alcohol. I think alcohol is somewhere like nine calories per ounce or something. Ooh. Um, that's why, you know, it's flammable. <laughs> that's why it burns up so much because oh. calories really are a measurement of energy potential. Oh my gosh. Um, we live so such different lives. We are so different. <laughs> there's uh, that. But then also, um, like we talked about a little bit in the previous episode, Alcohol is preferentially processed in your body. So if you have excess alcohol in your system to the point where, you know, like you're pretty drunk, um, your body is going to focus all of its efforts on processing that and getting it out of the system because it's poison Mm -hmm. technically. uh, And your body knows that. So basically anything that you eat um, during this period is probably just going to either sit in your gut or get stored up somewhere in your body. Um, and so, it's hopeful to think that it'll get stored up as muscle, but it'll most <laughs> likely get stored up uh, as body fat. If I went out for a night of drinking and mm-hmm. I drink only mm-hmm. White Claws, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then, you know, we're like, wow, it's time to eat because it's 3 a.m. Yep. If I just ordered chicken breasts and ate that, is that a good s- solution? Um, uh, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I just know that you're not going to do that and neither would I, you know, most people aren't going to. So it's probably more worthwhile just to say, don't go out binge drinking very often. If if your main goal is to like lose fat, um, it might help to do something like that. But like I said, whatever you eat is probably going to get stored up somewhere. Um, and I think this might be like an old, uh, wives tale i don't know but i'm pretty sure like fatty foods actually do help you like it like helps pad your liver or yeah. does something with your liver to help you process alcohol maybe that's what people say to justify eating pizza at the end of the night i don't know but it's something um, with the grease in it helps your liver right lube it up and get it out of your body <laughs> yeah i love being able to sneak the word lube into <laughs> any conversation i can Um, so other than alcohol being preferentially processed, um, it also just affects your sleep and your recovery when you Uh have drinking in larger quantities. So, um, the reason that's important is because basically like if you're serious about working out along with the fat loss thing, the workout that you're going to get the next day is going to be basically useless. You're not going to be able to work out at the same level of intensity, um, and you just run the risk of running yourself down, and uh, you know, getting sick or something, and getting who's injured. Who's working out so, when they're hungover, anyways? Uh, I've done it a lot. Why? I almost almost always do. Oh, why? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> because I hate skipping workouts. You know, <laughs> even though like you might as well just treat that day as a rest day. Uh, for some reason, I still do it. So this is why, you know, I try to just not go on benders very often. Um, and then the last thing, it just dehydrates your body. So you're going to spend the whole next day um, playing catch up on your hydration, yeah. uh, which is another super important thing. That's just general health, though. So I didn't want to talk about hydration too much, but you should be drinking your water. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's diet stuff in a nutshell. I kind of blew through it. But, but we kind of talked any- about it last week, too. Right. So should we move on? Yeah. I don't have any questions except just can I eat less protein because I'm having a <laughs> Nope. Sorry. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the next key point here is the training. 
Um, so my recommendation as far as, you know, people always ask, what kind of workouts do I need to do to lose weight? Um, basically anything. doesn't matter. <laughs> really what body. matters what matters is the movement and the burning up of energy. Um, however, I do really recommend adopting a weightlifting regimen that focuses on progressive overload. Um, this doesn't have to be like, you don't have to lift weights every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I think for a lot of people, three times a day or Whoa. Wow, three times a day would be awesome. <laughs> three times a week um, is a really good starting point, especially if you have other goals of like, you really enjoy running, mm -hmm. you really enjoy, you know, other forms of activity. Okay. You don't, Okay, what? Well, like that's I've that's what I've kind of been struggling with. So like now that the Ironman's over, I have this weird spot where I'm like trying to lose weight and like build back muscle, but I like love biking so much, and so I've been sacrificing biking to just lift 5 days a week. But hmm. if you're saying I could do both and still accomplish the same goal, Okay, well, it depends on what your goal is, is what I'm saying. So, like, if you are really concerned about um, gaining strength, maintaining strength, mm -hmm. you know, from a performance standpoint, then I would say you should probably uh, prioritize strength training. You can do both at the same time. Like, you could do a lifting session in the morning and do a bike session at night or vice versa or something mm -hmm. like that. But what I'm talking about is just people that, like, they don't want to lose, they don't have any muscle, but they don't want to like commit to working out or um, lifting, lifting yeah. weights every day. Start with doing something three times a week. Oh, and you could gotcha. do that. You could do that if you wanted to. Um, but I just think that, you know, for someone like you, who it seems like strength and, um, you know, muscle is a, a big part of your goal. I think that you would be leaving a lot on the table by not doing it every day. It's too bad. But if you hate it, then you might rethink it. Um, <laughs> but the, the reason that I uh, recommend tr training this way is because like we said before, and I'll keep saying it until someone kills me, probably, um, this will help your body prioritize keeping muscle or maybe even gaining some muscle mass um, depending on your training status. So can so. you explain what a progressive overload weightlifting program is? Yeah, so basically, um, in its simplest form, say you did um, on bench press on Monday, you benched 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. Progressive overload would be the following week, you would try to do like 105. Mm -hmm. The following week after that, you try to do 110. Mm -hmm. Basically, you're just always pushing your intensity or your volume or some combination of the two. So like um, that's a, that's a good thing to like Google and mm -hmm. do some research on your own because uh, you could probably do a full episode on like different ways to achieve progressive overload. But, um, basically just what it means is not going in the gym every week doing the same weight for the same reps because eventually your body's going to stop adapting to that and mm -hmm. it's just going to be like, all right, give me something new. Yeah. So basically it's a fancy word of saying like pushing yourself every time, but yeah. like with some structure, there's a lot of people that go into the gym and, um, they like, they try to go as heavy as they can every time or just like balls out every time <laughs> on like whatever they do, you know? And just because something is really difficult doesn't mean, doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean that it's productive. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
the overall like concept of progressive overload is a very structured way of maintaining progress. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the training thing. Like, um, I'm not certified personal trainer. So like, uh, really if, if you're trying to just generally lose some weight, the most important thing here is to do something that you enjoy doing that you can get excited about going and doing every day. Yeah. Um, because the consistency is really the most important part in terms of like overall calorie expenditure. Um, lifting weights is, is the way that i tend to prefer to do this like you can lose body fat by not doing any cardio Mm -hmm. Um, that's a spoiler of one of the faqs i had at the (laughs) end but like uh, most people think they have to just like do hours of cardio a day to lose the body fat that they've been struggling with their whole life and that's just Mm -hmm. it's really not the case Um, just the energy expenditure at the end of the day if you burn more calories than you take in whether you were lifting weights or you did a thousand crunches or um, you were pogo sticking or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but the the lifting weights thing, it does help you maintain some muscle mass and it can help you build some muscle mass even in a calorie deficit. Um, and it can just overall make you look a little bit better mm-hmm. if, if what you're after is the aesthetic of, uh, you know, It'll, someone who's lean and toned. Yeah. I saw a guy on TikTok, he was like, 600 or 500 pounds and he just danced like and by danced he was just like boogieing yeah you know he wasn't like dance like taking a dance class and he lost like 150 pounds because i think he did it for like 30 minutes a day Mm -hmm. but like you know you got to start somewhere everybody's got a starting Mm -hmm. point and Mm -hmm. you don't think don't think you have to like go out and buy all this equipment either there's a ton of Right. Like uh, body movement stuff that is like super mm-hmm. difficult because that's weight. You're moving your own body weight. Mm-hmm. There's stuff online that you can get that's not just a Pinterest workout. But if right. that's all you have, like double it or go through it three times then and make it mm-hmm. a workout. Yeah. And also like if you're going from – you and I are speaking from a very like – I think – I'm trying to think of how to say this. I don't want to be insensitive to the people that are not like us that are used to working out every day. There are some people that are going from zero. Yeah. So like if you're coming from zero, it can be super daunting and also dangerous to like jump into like, oh yeah, I'm going to start lifting weights every day, progressive overload. For seven days a week. Like sometimes like really what you need to do is just like start going for walks because that's going to increase the amount of calories that you're using up in a day. You know, so that is like a super effective way mm-hmm. of increasing your activity. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, simple things like that. Um, but, yeah, I, for, you know, people like you and me that are at a different point, I recommend like really taking the weight training part of it seriously. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I had something else I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. Nah, that's not important. We'll move on. <laughs> your concussion's showing. <laughs> yeah. It's, I just, I have so much written out here, and so I'm, like, kind of getting nervous about not getting through it. It's okay. But, um, so the number three uh, most important part of this whole thing, from my perspective, is tracking your progress. So we hit the diet. We hit the training. Now you want to see the progress and the results, mm-hmm. right? Um, so this is kind of twofold. You want to track all of your calories consumed, um, and the more meticulous you are, the better. Um, the reason you want to do this, like, 
we talked last time a little bit about the intuitive eating thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can more or less go multiple weeks without tracking anything and still see progress on the scale because I've done this for so long, so many different times. Like I eat the same things every day. So I'm mm-hmm. like pretty good at like scaling up or scaling back depending on what my goals are. Um, but if you're just getting started with this or even me, like there are times when I really want to fine tune it and dial it in. Um, you really need to track all of the food that you eat every day for like multiple weeks on end before mm-hmm. you can start to develop the intuition. Um, it just keeps you accountable and it is just one less thing that you're estimating and one less, yeah. um, area that you can mess up basically if you just know that you're going to track like it's meticulous and it's tedious and it kind of sucks but that's what it takes you know yeah um you can't be estimating like the amount of sauce that you put on things you can't pull a spoon of peanut butter out of the jar and say yeah that looks about like one (laughs) serving of peanut butter like you really need to invest in a food scale um they're super they're inexpensive. Cheap. Yeah. They're um, like 10 to $15. We have two of them now because my girlfriend and I moved in together. So like depending on where you're prepping something, you always kind of have a scale. <laughs> There's no getting away from it in, in my place. But um, yeah, you just, you want to track everything so that when it, if you get to a position down the road where you're not seeing the progress, the results that you want, you can look back and say, what exactly have I been doing? What can I change? Like it gives you a good clear image of which knobs you can turn. Mm -hmm. um, If you have everything tracked, but if you're estimating a bunch of things and you never really know where you went wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. Also Um, the thing with the apps, like if you're using, I use the, my plate app, like the more you use the same thing, it's like higher up on the list. So it's not like you have to right. weigh it, but you don't necessarily always have to like add it in. Like the weighing right. it for me is not like the issue because it's like, right. oh, plop it into a bowl on your scale. Mm-hmm. But it's like searching for something. And like mm-hmm. sometimes the way things are entered is like 0.66 ounces is a serving right. or whatever. And it's kind of weird. Yeah. And like figuring all that out sucks. But once it's entered in, you can just like, yeah, you know, if you hit do it, it that way every time, you just yeah. hit it and it's fine. And like, yeah, and like you can scan the barcodes on things and yeah. they come up really quickly. Yeah, and like it's really you can make meals. not that much more work, right? In my opinion. Yeah, and usually I'm doing it while stuff is like toasting. I'll like search all the stuff, or mm-hmm. if I'm like heating something up in the microwave, it usually doesn't mm-hmm. add much more. And if it does, um, then I just sit down and do it while I'm eating. Right. Like, yeah. The other hack here too is if you're doing meal prep, like prepping things in bulk for a Mm -hmm. week, you can, in my fitness pal anyway, you can build a recipe where you put everything in and like the exact quantities that you're putting it in that you're going to divide up, whatever. And then you just save that recipe. And then every day you go down to eat, you sit down and you just hit the recipe that you made. So you're not like entering everything in from scratch every time. Like you have to kind of do it the one time. And then after that, like in my case, I make the same meals every week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I did it once like two months ago and I'm still using the same ones. And there's a, so that's a little bit contradictory because there's a little bit of estimation that goes in there. Like sometimes I use five and a half pounds of chicken. Sometimes it's five pounds of chicken, depending on what I can buy. Sometimes you lose, you spill some, you know, it's not always the same. Um, But like I said, I've been doing this for a while. I know kind of the margin of error that I have. Um, But if you're just getting started, 
be very meticulous from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just a good habit to get into for the other things that are going to come down the line in this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next thing that you want to keep track of um, is progress on the scale. So uh, I always recommend that you weigh yourself every day at the same time, every day under the same conditions at the same time every day. So um, basically what I mean by this, I think for me and for most people, the best time to do this is in the morning, right after you wake up, before you have any food or drink, not even water, and after you use the bathroom, Mm -hmm. if you're a morning bathroom user. (laughs) Um, This is just like the truest representation of what you actually weigh because as soon as you start you know eating food and drinking water you're going to store those things but it's not actually body fat because Mm -hmm. of the way that your body is a container essentially weird Um, i don't like that (laughs) yeah so you want to do this kind of in your in your most pure form of the day um you know ideally you'd be wearing the same clothes or just like weigh yourself naked that's honestly the best way but the point here is to do it the same every time Um, So that way you uh, can keep a log of your daily weights and see fluctuations or see progress um, depending on what you're doing with your diet. Um, So I recommend that you keep a log with your daily weights. um, And then I, this is kind of my personal strategy. Not everyone does this, um, but I take the lowest weight from the week as my working weight. So if I took seven days of weights and I weighed, you know, the lowest day was on Thursday and that was 194 pounds. But on Monday it was 196 pounds. I would say I weigh 194 pounds and that's my new lowest weight. Um, and that's the weight that I would recalculate my calories from if I, um, stayed there and then like plateaued there, that's the Mm -hmm. weight that I would have. Um, some people just take an average of the weight from the entire week. Um, you can do that too. That's statistically valid. Um, but This helps me, taking the lowest weight from the week kind of helps you, um, at least in my opinion, be able to roll with the punches in terms of like day-to-day weight fluctuations because Mm -hmm. that is going to happen. You know, like some days you're going to be really stressed out from work or something and your body will react accordingly and you might Mm -hmm. hold on to a little bit more water that day um, or, you know, something that you ate or whatever. Uh, maybe you get stopped up and you haven't pooped for a couple of days, you're going to be yeah. heavier, you know, <laughs> one of those days. So um, just understanding that um, the day-to-day weight fluctuations aren't as important. Um, I try to look at a whole week at a time, um, zoom out and get as much data as you can. Um, that helps me move forward. And I think that gives ever, gives you a better representation of where you're actually at mm-hmm. um, than just like freaking out over like a 10th of a pound over a day or like, for example, like it's definitely not out of the ordinary for me to swing like five or six pounds over the course of two days. Yikes. Like um, for some reason I've always been this way. Like when I was wrestling in high school, I would weigh in in the morning um, 195, whatever, whatever I'm wrestling. And then we'd drive two hours to Lincoln and I would weigh in, um, in the same clothes on the same scale. Like we took our scales with Uh us and I was three pounds lighter. Can't really explain it. It's just, I've always been a a big swinger in terms of like weight (laughs) fluctuations. So, um, that's just another example of why it's important to take a lot of data points Mm -hmm. because then on a grand scale, um, you can kind of see the trend over time. Interesting. So, um, 
So you might be asking why is this important? Isn't weighing every day excessive or obsessive? Um, yeah, it kind of is. Um, but that's kind of the <laughs> point. Like, honestly, it's, it's okay to like care about something enough to do it every day and develop this mindset and make it part of your routine because it's going to keep you accountable, right? If you know that you're only going to weigh in once a week, then you might like, um, develop this habit of weighing in and then like binge eating that day and then taking, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to recover. And as long as you, you know, like, oh, I don't have to weigh in until Monday. Like mm -hmm. I can eat whatever I want and then just like make up the difference. That's like, that's what a lot of high school wrestlers do. Actually, <laughs> You know, they know that they don't have to weigh in for a tournament until like two weeks away. Mm -hmm. So they just like eat like crap for a week and then they're crash cutting for a week to yeah. make weigh-ins. Um, if you're weighing in every day, you are really forced to be a little bit more accountable. Um, like I said, it, it teaches you how to interpret the daily fluctuations and knowing that um, those are expected and those are okay and that you will still see a trend in the right direction if you're doing everything right. Um, and it also lets you understand like um, how certain tendencies will affect your weight. So like um, if I'm really serious about diet, dieting and I go like two or three weeks really strict and then I have like one like good cheat meal, mm -hmm. the next day like without fail I will be multiple pounds heavier mm -hmm. just because of like how that was a shock to my system and my body was mm -hmm. like storing up, you know, had a lot of salt. I probably stored up a lot of water or something. Mm -hmm. um, it just lets you gain the intuition of how your habits affect your goals and affect um, the scale. Um, and it just lets you keep track of your progress. So a lot of a big mistake that a lot of people make is, you know, they have a, a some amount of weight that they want to lose and they're not seeing the results in the mirror, but they're not weighing themselves. So they say, you know, nothing's working. Um, but then you ask them, well, how do you know? Like, have you lost any weight? And then they don't know. Um, this is a thing that I used to do. Like, I'm just mm -hmm. as guilty of it as a lot of people. And I've been guilty of it on the other end too, where like I convince myself that I'm gaining a lot of weight um, and I get stressed out about it or whatever. Um, and then I get on the scale and I'm just exactly the same as I was two weeks yeah. ago or I'm lighter or something, you know? Yeah. So like it takes away the mind games of like convincing yourself one way or another that certain things are happening. I'm just, I'm a big believer in data. I'm a yeah. big believer in empiric, empirical numbers. Um, so that's why I tell people to uh, weigh themselves every single day. But um, as long as it's like a healthy mindset, because I think that while it's, good to create like consistent and steady habits and like disciplined habits there's a difference between being disciplined and like it becoming a routine like I'm gonna weigh myself today I'm gonna track this data and it's just a data point and it's has no difference on my life or my worth versus somebody becoming like overly obsessive and it dictating their mood throughout the day their value and things like that Oh, yeah, for I sure. I just want to like point that out that we're not just because we say it's excessive or obsessive doesn't mean we're advocating for like bad mental health practices. Oh, yeah. You because, need to kind of like self police yourself on yeah. those things, though. Like, I think a lot of people, this is like one of those 
lines that I dance really carefully on. <laughs> and I don't actually talk about this a whole lot because a lot of it's a very touchy subject and a mm-hmm. lot of people just kind of come after me for it. Like I've made this mistake before, but I'm going to yeah. do it now because I think, you know, our listeners know me well enough yeah. to know We're that I, I have everyone's best interest in mind. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people use the, oh, you're weighing yourself every day. Wow, that's super obsessive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you just need to love yourself for who you are. Mm-hmm. They use that as an excuse to not do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like not everyone has issues with that. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of there are people who, myself included, can weigh themselves every day and just say, There it is. That's yeah. what I'm working with today. <laughs> um, there are also like I've been on both sides of the coin though. Uh-huh. Like there are there are times where I've weighed myself, especially at the beginning when I didn't really know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Where I was weighing myself every day, I'm like what the heck, what am I doing? And then mm-hmm. I would start wearing myself morning and night. And I'd start mm-hmm. wearing myself three times a day, you know, just to like always checking it. And I think that is where it gets unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And then like you said, yeah, if you if you let, let it dictate your mood, if you let it dictate like um, the way that you perceive yourself and you start beating yourself up for, um, even if you made a quote unquote mistake and the scale represents that, which it will, um, you kind of need to be able to learn to develop the mindset of like shrugging it off. And I, I actually do think that weighing every day has helped me with that because I've been able to see that over the course of time, you know, I have a, I have a pretty free eating weekend. I come in on Monday and I weigh myself on Monday and I'm six pounds heavy, Mm -hmm. you know, two and a half years ago that would have stressed me out. Mm Mm-hmm. But I've done this enough times, you know, I've been through enough cutting seasons or whatever that I know that if I just get back to work, put my nose to the grindstone and be disciplined for the next couple weeks, you know, that will, that six pounds will take care of itself in my case over the course of maybe two or three days. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it sticks around longer, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and then at the end of, you know, the two or three weeks that I decide to be really strict again, I usually end up lighter than I even started, Mm -hmm. you know, before I gained up that six pounds. So, and the only reason that I can get on the scale now and see that I gained, uh, I think over the 4th of July weekend, I was up 10 pounds. Oof. The only reason I can get on the scale now and see that and not freak out is because I've weighed myself every day for two years mm-hmm. and I know how how my body adapts because of that so that's really why I preach it um, you need to be able to self-police yourself if if you're getting into like an unhealthy mental space that's like a totally valid reason um, to adjust this but if you are able to and uh, you can keep it in perspective I highly recommend doing it every day yeah um And then the next point, because we're talking about weighing yourselves, you might say, well, Jake, didn't you just make a joke earlier that weight and fat aren't the same thing? Why do we care so much about weight? Like I said before, (laughs) assuming everything else is set up correctly and being executed properly, then weight loss will be the main marker of fat loss. Um, Logically, it follows that if your muscle mass and your bone density are all the same, Um, the burnt-up energy will be coming from fat stores. Yeah. All right. So (laughs) we got the the recap done. We got the what do I do done. 
Now let's get into some tips for success. <clears throat> um, I'll try to like not dwell too much on these. Rapid fire. Because uh, we're getting short on time here. But <laughs> uh, the number one tip that I would give everyone is do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not starting from a point of like, I want to do this for my own, to achieve my own goals uh, because I want it for myself. You know, I want to achieve a healthier weight. I want to look a certain way whatever. If you're not doing it for yourself, you're going to fail. Like anything that you do for the praise of others is going to be, um, it's just not going to be as satisfying. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be as fulfilling. And then if you're anything like me, if you know you're only doing it for the the praise of other people, you're just going to hate it. You're Mm going to hate every part of it. Um, And then you're not going to be able to stick to it, right? So make sure you're doing it for yourself. Um, Let's see. So just to touch on that real quick, I like one of five things I've said this entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Like when I, I have a really, I think I've talked about it a little bit, but like I have a really big issue with my body and I oftentimes feel very disconnected from like my body because of how bad my like body image, self image is. And everyone, when I'm like, oh my gosh, I like feel fat today or I am fat, like people don't really understand where that's coming from because it's just so much more deeply rooted than just like, oh, I feel bloated today or like a a normal person's like experience with feeling that way. And people will be like, well, you're athletic or like, but I like the way you look or like, I don't think you're fat, but it's like, I don't care what you think (laughs) I look like (laughs) or what you think of me. I want to feel my best self. And like, I think that's, where sometimes the like body positivity and like intu- intuitive eating like stems from because it's like you should want to feel good about yourself and you should want to be like your healthiest self. And for me, like I don't feel that way when I'm 20 pounds heavier or when I've like, you know, right. What what is it called? Bear mode during the winter. <laughs> like yeah. I don't feel good that way. I don't I don't move good when I'm working out. I don't I don't feel like I'm living life great. I don't function as well. And I definitely have bad coping and bad like verbiage towards it. But like, I'm not doing this. I'm not counting my freaking calories and like how much rice I'm eating because I want you pleb on the internet to, (laughs) is that the right word? (laughs) To like my body, you know, it's just like you said, it's unfulfilling and it's like, at the end of the day, it's like empty because no one's gonna like, make you feel the way that you want to feel through it. Like someone will always disappoint you with their comments or something and it just will always be a never ending. Right. So that's what I feel about that. Very true. (laughs) I also wanted to say, um, there's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight. Yeah. Like if that's what you want to do, I think like I'm all for body positivity and I'm all for that movement, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this too. (laughs) I think sometimes it does more harm than it does good because I've been in positions where like I've openly said like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to lose five or 10 pounds or whatever. And I get attacked because they're like, um, you need to love yourself for who you are. Like, you know, but that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. If I want to lose five pounds, I will love like, not like that. I will love myself if I'm thinner, but like I want to be my healthiest and best self 
And if I feel better and if I like the way I look about five or 10 pounds lighter, that's what I'm doing it for. Yep. That's how I feel about that. Good. I'm having a hard time uh, <laughs> re- regaining my thoughts here. Um, yeah, so on. do it for yourself. Uh, the next bit that I wanted to do here to kind of lighten the mood a little bit is the, the fitness influencer space is super saturated on Instagram. So don't even try to fool yourself into thinking that's what you're doing it for. Right. Um, you're not going to break through. Sorry to break it to you. Unless you have some super niche appeal mm-hmm. um, that no one has considered before, just like just do it for you, man. Yeah. Don't try to make a career out of it. Yeah. You'll be all right. Plus, that puts like weird pressure on it if you're trying to like vibe with the gym shark girls or something. Like it's just yeah. stupid. They get no. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late. <laughs> um, the next tip for success, and this is a really important one, is give yourself a chance to be successful. Uh, before you start to diagnose issues that you think you're having. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I really mean by this is understand the time scale of what you want to achieve. Um, knowing now that a reasonable goal is 1% of body weight loss per week, um, you know, if you want to lose 10 to 20 pounds, that's going to take at least a couple months, mm-hmm. you know, before you can get there. So if you're just embarking and it's like, you know, it's a significant lifestyle change and it's going to be difficult. There's going to be a lot of inertia to overcome there. Mm -hmm. Um, But if like after one or two weeks you're griping because you're not seeing, you're not down 20 pounds, like Mm -hmm. that's just not a realistic expectation. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally 12 to 16 weeks is a good reference point for moderate amounts of fat loss. Um, You know, that's kind of the, the point where you can start to like, be wonder if you set it up right or if you, you know, did it right or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I feel like as an adult, three months goes by way faster than it used to. So especially in quarantine. Yeah. So I think like once you kind of, you really do have to accept that this is a long term game. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you have, you know, a lot of weight you want to lose, like just understand that you're going to be chipping away in kind of different, seasons of that right um the other thing that i wanted to say about this is you can't lose 20 pounds until you lose five pounds right and you can't lose five pounds until you lose one pound and you can't lose that one pound until you've lost a half pound you know so like don't discredit progress Mm -hmm. you know if you're trending in the right direction um even if you have to adjust your goal, maybe you set a, set a goal that you then realized, you know, two or three weeks in was a little bit um, too aggressive or unrealistic for the amount of time that you allotted yourself. Like the progress is still uh, progress, right? Yeah, so it's still happening. You should you should feel good about the first pound that you lose if you've never like embarked on this journey before. You should feel good about the first five pounds. You know, mm-hmm. you should feel good about every. Um, milestone on the whole way because if you're always just have this number of 10 pounds 20 pounds 30 pounds whatever looming over you like it's going to be harder for you to grasp the weight of what's actually happening here yeah um and and that you're taking control of your life you're taking control of your body um you know that's not an insignificant thing so Mm -hmm. um you know buckle in for the journey is what i'm trying to say here Um, don't get upset after the first two weeks. Like I said, um, give yourself longer than that. Um, if you think things aren't working 
And I would say give yourself like a strict four to six weeks before you deviate or before you try to, um, you know, flex your intuitive eating muscles or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like really buckle in for four to six strict weeks of discipline, tracking everything every day. Um, And after that point, you know, if, if you have the progress that you're looking for, maybe then you can give yourself a cheat day or something. Um, but if it, adherence is an issue, you might consider taking a cheat meal after two to three weeks. But um, I really want to hammer home the fact that like just because you had one good week of eating doesn't mean that you deserve like a full day of like cheat. Yeah. Right? Because you can really quickly get stuck in a cycle of the weekly like eating really strict during the week then binging on the weekend and then overcompensating the next week and then binging again. Like you get into this like uh, starvation binge cycle is what I call it. Um, And really what you need to do is just establish a habit of discipline early on. And I really think that this is what most people have a hard time with because they want to see results quickly. They want to do like the super trendy, like I want to be able to post on Instagram about this drink that I drank and Mm -hmm. I lost 30 pounds or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but you really just need to change your mindset to that of someone with discipline, um, and earn that cheat meal, earn that like one day after a month of, of hard work, you know? Um, so yeah, give yourself a chance before you start to panic. Um, the next tip for success is stop giving yourself excuses to lie to yourself, um, This means control all the variables that you can. Um, Don't estimate your foods. Be honest with your output um, and be honest with your adherence. Um, Personally speaking, I used to lie to myself all the time, Mm -hmm. uh, which just led to a bunch of excuses to make more excuses. I would say, well, that person's just genetically gifted. Oh, that person's on steroids, blah, blah, blah. And I... The whole time I was just lying to myself about the fact that I was eating three bowls of cereal every night before I went to bed, you know, and that I wasn't working out all that hard, you know, just because I would go into the gym and lift weights, you know, I wasn't really pushing myself. I thought that I probably was going to rep out, you know, but I could have um, done like 16 more reps at a certain weight just because I was like starting to get a little bit tired, you know. Mm -hmm. These are all kind of things that you have to just maybe it's not super obvious as like a way that you're lying to yourself. And I know that's like a really harsh way to phrase it. Um, but that's really what it boils down to. And so like once you learn the truth, it's hard to um, actually accept those sorts of tendencies in mm-hmm. your life, at least I've found. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm such a math and science guy. It's all very like clear cut and true, um, which makes it harder for me to pretend that I'm doing everything right if mm-hmm. I'm actually not. Um, the last thing here, um, that I'll just blow through, but it is actually really important is understand the sacrifice to success, uh, trade-offs. So basically what this means is like, um, you're going to have to give something up in exchange for these long-term goals that you have. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to decide, um, if your long-term success is worth sacrificing those like immediate pleasures, right? Um, so this is, this is the hardest thing for me because I used to tell myself that I never want to be the guy that everyone knows is like, oh, don't even invite him to come hang out with us because he's not going to partake in, you know, the pizza or the, mm-hmm. or the beer or whatever, you know. Um, but those are things that like you're going to have to choose if a weekly bender with your friends is worth 
sacrificing your your goals for. Do people really um, not invite you because you wouldn't like drink? Yep. So, so you don't want those friends anyways. No, it's probably worked out for the best, but like, <laughs> um, but I used to use that as an excuse again to just like, oh, well, I'll just do it, you know. Yeah. I'll just go and then, I'll, but I won't drink. But then like you're in that environment and it's like, okay, I'll have one and then right. you'll have seven and then, you know, <laughs> it's fine. So yeah. you just have to make a conscious decision um, that your goals are more important than like Saturday with the boys because Saturday, yeah. Saturdays are always for the boys. You can always find an excuse um, to make the weekend a special occasion if you think too much about it. Mm-hmm. So like I really try to reserve my free eating days for um, like, you know, holidays. Those only come around once every few months, like mm-hmm. by nature, um, you know, being with friends that I haven't seen in a long time, but like, you know, actually special occasions, mm-hmm. but you know, just like going out to eat with some friends, that's not a special occasion to me anymore because mm-hmm. that's like a regular enough occurrence in my mm-hmm. life. Um, let's see. Yeah. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience here. Um, so the first thing is eating out. Um, I eat out a lot now that I'm an adult and which is interesting because we hardly ever ate out when we were kids because our parents like really wanted it to be a treat and they, you know, like to cook and they're good at it. So I don't really remember going out to eat a lot as a kid. Um, I rarely ate out when I was in college because I was super broke. (laughs) Um, so whenever I did get to go out, you know, I really capitalized on it and I would get like the biggest thing on the menu, you know, (laughs) I'd get fries, I would get everything that I had been craving. And you know, when you only go out to eat like once every couple months, that's like, you can get away with that kind of behavior when you're an active guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but now that I'm an adult, I, I've realized that, um, now that I can afford to make this a common thing, I would have to exercise a little bit more self-control. Like mm-hmm. I can't always be getting the juicy burger and fries when mm-hmm. I go out to eat like two or three times a week <laughs> yeah. when, I'm, when I really think about it, which is kind of shocking because um, I could do some serious progress to my goals. So like eventually I just realized that I really just enjoy going out to eat because I like the atmosphere. I like being out and about. Yeah. Um, so I've started to you know, be conscious about cutting my meals in half. If I'm really focusing on fat loss, um, I don't need to order more than one drink whenever <laughs> we go out. Um, so things like that, like I said, I try to save my free eating days for special, actual special events. Um, you know, you can turn anything into a special occasion if you think about it. So you yeah. have to pick and choose. Um, the other big trade up trade-off that I'm making is like pool days are one of my favorite things. <laughs> it's my favorite pastime, but do I really need to drink all day and snack all day to enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Not really, because really what I like doing is being out and like being in the sun and just relaxing. So mm-hmm. I don't need to get plastered every time I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and road trips are another big one for me. I'm a road trip snacker. Same. Um, so during times that I'm on the road a lot, I don't let myself bring snacks. And then when Lauren and I travel together, um, she brings snacks pretty often and I have to show some serious restraint, but <laughs> she's actually really good at like bringing goal friendly snacks. So like, um, you know, bring some carrots or veggies or something. If you just need something to munch on to stay mm-hmm. awake while you're driving, we bring beef jerky all the time. You know, our snacks aren't always super healthy, but we try to do as, as well as we can. And I have to like 
really consciously not just like constantly eat that whole time I'm in the car yeah. for multiple hours. But I'm worried about um, that with our road trip coming up because mm. I'm a snacker to stay awake and when I'm bored. So do you want to hit some of the common questions maybe if you haven't already like gone over them? Yes, I can rapid fire through some of these. Okay. Um, one of the most common questions that I used to always have and that a lot of people tend to have is, how do I target the fat on XYZ body part? Yeah. Typically, it's, you know, the lower gut region or whatever. My arms. My arms, legs. yeah. Um, the key for this is just understanding that you can't. Yeah. There is no way to target fat on certain parts of your body. Um, that leads into my second point of how do I lose the last X pounds of stubborn body fat? Um, the answer to this really is just more of the same. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've lost the 15 pounds or whatever and you're looking for 20 pounds, you've been doing something right that whole time. Mm -hmm. um, you can, like, decrease your calories more or you can increase your output a little bit to kind of expedite those things. Um, and you might need to, if you've plateaued, you might need to do that anyway just because <clears throat> you weigh less now, your body takes up less energy to move around. Um, but there's no real like secret to losing that last, mm -hmm. you know, like five or 10 pounds. It's just buckling in for the journey. Like yeah. I said, keep doing it. Um, I hate cardio. Do I need to do cardio to lose fat? No, you just need to move. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, next question. I'm in a calorie deficit, but the scale isn't moving. What's the deal? Um, you're probably not actually in a deficit. You might be estimating something. Um, or overestimating your output, or you're recomping, which um, you need to be very careful about this idea. I'll get to this in the next question. Um, so the next question is, is it possible to gain muscle and lose fat at the same time? This is what's called recomping or like redoing your body composition. Mm -hmm. um, yes, it's technically possible. However, it's not really common, um, and it's pretty difficult to achieve um, if you're not either a brand new lifter that's brand new to progressive overload. Um, you're not an experienced lifter who's taken a long time off, off um, on the order of greater than a year. Um, you're not severely overweight or you're not taking steroids. Um, <laughs> so for most people, like effectively, it's, it's really, really difficult um, to achieve like a high level of body composition, recomposition, and it takes way longer than just like losing general body fat. Yeah. Um, I'm really hungry, so that must be my body telling me that I'm not eating enough, right? Um, wrong. Um, just because you're hungry doesn't mean that you're not technically eating enough, um, especially at the beginning. Like your, body, your, your stomach actually expands or contracts depending on what it's required to hold. Like mm -hmm. your body's a container, like I said. So um, my stomach gets super stretched out when I'm eating a lot, and then when I start dieting or cutting for a couple weeks, um, I'll have a lot more hunger pangs because naturally my stomach is larger, but it's, you know, not as full. So I like feel empty. Mm -hmm. Um, I would listen a lot more to cues of like recovery from workouts, um, general fatigue, you know, irritability, things mm -hmm. like this. Um, if you have absolutely no energy during a day, the day, then you might benefit from increasing your calories a little mm -hmm. bit, but just like being hungry and having cravings doesn't, um, mean that you're dying. Mm -hmm. Um, why do you always scoff at protein that isn't meat or eggs? Do you have any good recommendations on protein sources? So 
there is actually a reason why I kind of roll my eyes when people tell me that they're getting their protein from like Dave's Killer Bread or something. Wow, um, call me out. <laughs> well, I've done this too and my <laughs> girlfriend does it too. So like she'll, she'll appreciate this as well. Um, the reason that I do this is because I am so focused on like muscle maintenance or muscle gain. And to do that, you really need to be taking in protein sources that have a complete amino acid profile. Um, so like this is why it's hard for um, vegetarians or vegans to really put on a lot of muscle mass because most of their protein sources are incomplete in terms of their amino acid profile. And if they're not very careful about combining certain foods together, um, they might never get the right amino acids that they need for mm -hmm. that kind of goal. So um, things that have complete amino acid profiles are eggs, you know, meats, um, mm -hmm. animal protein sources. That's why I harp on those for so much. Um, plus, like, the amount of Dave's killer bread that you would have to eat to equate, like, one chicken breast mm -hmm. comes with a lot more carbs. carbs. And it's just, like, a lot more calorically dense. So... Um, you end up like it's pretty easy to go over on calories that way. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, that's why I harp on that in terms of, um, protein recommendations. Uh, I recommend lean sources of protein. So you're not also doubling up on fat, um, egg whites, chicken breast, lean pork cuts, tuna, um, not typically the most appetizing things, but you can zhuzh yeah, it up a little. You can, you know, and sometimes seasonings go a long way. They do, and this that was a mistake I made early on was not seasoning anything. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, seasonings are basically zero calorie most of the time too, mm -hmm. so you can get away with quite a bit of mm -hmm. it. But um, the next thing, like if you're really struggling to get that last like twenty or thirty or even forty grams of protein, uh, you physically can't eat any more chicken, whatever. Um, invest in a high quality like whey protein powder or some form of protein powder. It's just a super easy way to just smash down some protein. Um, how can you tell if it's high quality? Typically what I do is I take um, the total grams that's in a serving and I divide it by um, the grams of protein in the serving and that gives mm -hmm. you the ratio of, of protein to basically filler material mm -hmm. or anything that's not protein in there. Um, so the higher that is, the you know that you're paying for more protein um, and it's typically less filler or garbage material. So mm -hmm. most of the stuff that I take is like at least 85, at least 80, um, hoping for more like 85% protein mm -hmm. per serving. Anything other than that is like really expensive and I just try to get it from food. So <laughs> um, yeah, that was like super rapid fire. Um, not convinced that I'm not concussed. So hopefully it was coherent, but... <laughs> <laughs> do you have, do we have any other questions we can think of before moving on? I don't think on? so. The, so the thing with the like protein that isn't meat or eggs, I have such a hard time getting protein in. Like even when I eat just like meat and, you know, normal like sources of protein. And so now that I've been trying to up it, I've been replacing those with like Kodiak cakes and Dave's Killer Bread to try and like get stuff in. You know, like so if I need a snack, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just eat like a Kodiak cake real quick and yeah. get that. But it's like not that high of protein, whatever. That's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is that I've been having horrible sleep, like to the point where I cannot sleep and it feels like mm -hmm. my body is humming or like when you ring a bell and it's like that like reverberation. 
And I told my chiropractor about this because I was like, my eyes were like bloodshot. So I was like, I can't sleep. It's just like, I feel like my body is like a bell that's ringing. And she was like, oh yeah. Like I was, thought I was going crazy. And she's like, oh yeah, that's a side effect of like a bite or bi- vitamin B12 deficiency. Uh-huh. And um, so I looked it up today when I went to the store, like what are things that are high in vitamin B12 and it's eggs, dairy, red meats, chicken, fatty, like salmon, tuna, liver. I don't eat liver, but... Um, yeah, there's a lot of B vitamins that you can't get from non Yeah, and so I sources. realized it started kind of right around the time that I was overloading on protein that didn't have, that wasn't like a natural protein source. Mm-hmm. And um, it did say that like Raisin Bran has it. So since I'm trying to like up my B12 again, they said just have like a cup of Raisin Bran, which is like 180 calories. And I mean, you know, I can afford to do Fit that. In. Yep. Yeah. So I was like really shocked because like of all the things, you know, that I was like trying to do. And I was like, well, I just need to get protein, protein, protein. Well, it's like, okay, I was sacrificing like good sleep and like vitamins that were like helping my brain function and sleep and recovery. So I know chicken breast gets like boring, but you can find good recipes. I'm speaking from experience now. I've got a killer chicken breast chili recipe if anyone wants it. Ooh, yeah. We'll throw that on the Instagram. But yeah, that that is another point. I didn't get into micronutrients Mm because I'm not a. That's like I don't know anything about that. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I just say take a multivitamin. Like it's like insurance, you know. Yeah. So just do that. Um, But yeah, the B vitamins thing that's super important as well. That's really interesting. It was interesting. I know things. (laughs) All right, this has been a long episode. Hopefully, it was uh, I don't know decent. It was this is good. probably terrible. I was I took a lot of notes. I was yeah, I don't know. I try <laughs> not I don't like super dense stuff like this. I don't think that's our bread and butter, but like I really do enjoy talking about things like this and hopefully it gave someone listening um, at least some good things to Google and learn more about. A good starting yeah. point on doing some research. Um, I love talking about this stuff. I'm not certified in any way. I'm not licensed in any way. Um, I'm just not a guy an expert. Who's done it. I'm just yeah. a guy who's done it a few times. So, like, if anyone has any questions or um, needs to be pointed in in the right direction for resources, and you um, are open to reading and doing research on your own, um, hit me up because I I can at least point you in the right direction. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So every week, Jake and I do a go to for the week. So, Jake, what's your go to this week? My go-to this week is a band um, that I've been listening to a lot recently. They're called Foles, Mm. F-O-A-L-S. I don't think they're new. I think they're like um, really started to break in the 90s or something like that. Uh, Obviously, I've not done very much research, but uh, they're super good. Um, I'm really digging that vibe right now. Um, So yeah, give it a listen. It's great. Great workout music. Great anything kind of jam music if you like Mm. high energy like that kind of alternative um stuff yeah really good big fan uh my go-to this week is the fab fit fun box and no i'm not a paid sponsor of them sadly i'm not we're also not paid by the letter f (laughs) 
uh, my mom gave me like her free trial. I don't know. You can like send someone like a free trial box. So I just got it today and I'm so excited. I signed up for the like seasonal one. And the thing that I like about this is that I used to get Ipsy and they were sample sizes, but like sample sample sizes, like you could get one use out of it. And yeah, like it just wasn't that, I mean, I loved the stuff I was getting, but like you have like a million of these like little baby things and it's just like a lot of the same. Like I have so many concealers now. But FabFitFun is, I sound like an ab. I'm like, but the FabFitFun box is <laughs> um, like full-sized items, which I appreciate because then you mm-hmm. actually feel like you're getting like a good deal and your money's worth and trying out some stuff that I wouldn't normally. I got some like hair detangler, which is great for the summer for me because my hair is curly and it gets disgusting. And uh, some moisturizer, like, okay. And um, some other cute stuff. But, like, my mom got a full-size blanket one time. Yikes. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And, again, we are not sponsored at all. I do not have a code for you. Don't come for a code. But (laughs) if you want. Someone probably does somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Give it a try. I enjoyed getting it. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Relatively Relatable. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and write a review of our show if you haven't already. And to stay connected with us, you can find us on Instagram at Relatively Relatable Pod. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.